0: is the driven women's guide to love, life and
1: business hosted by the boss ladies Alex, Denise and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Welcome ladies to Girls Gone Boss. Yes. yes. I'm here. My name is Denise. I'm Gabby. I'm Alex. And we have a special guest today that we want to introduce. Her name is Ana Scona, but she goes by the name of Ana Reclama. Ana is the star of her own digital show, Ana Reclama, on the SBS app La Musica. Ana has been paving the way for her own professional journey in this highly competitive industry. Ana has a big voice, has a lot to say, and we're ready to listen. Yes. She has interviewed some of the most influential and exciting artists in Latin music today. Welcome, Ana. We're so excited Woo! to have you here. Thank you guys
2: for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited. I love the concept. I love the title. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you. So, tell us about you and how you got started in all this. Well, um, I went to school in New Jersey. I start. I studied broadcasting um, at Montclair State University, and you know, I originally wanted to do news, like hardcore news. Um, I interned at MSNBC in the city, and that's kind of, my first internship was in radio. But after interning for a show on politics, I was like, oh, you know, I want to do news. So um, I graduated. I didn't find anything in the city. And, you know, I had a good friend of mine who I grew up with living in L.A. And he's like, oh, come, you know, come come on vacation. Mm -hmm. So I take a trip out there on a one way, just just in case, because I went with a purpose, you know.
1: Taking a chance. Um,
2: Yeah. Actually, it was a buddy pass. So it was kind of like a, a one way, you know, but, um. I'm not mad at you. Girl. <laughs> so I went out there and two days later, he's like, yo, I got you an interview at my job. It was, um, Estrella TV. Um, it's a Latin, um, news station over there. And yeah, then they hired me on the spot and they were like, can you start on Monday? And I was like, yeah. They were like, do you live here? And I'm like, yeah. Like, I, I pretty much like lied. You're like, I wasn't, I'm staying here now. I'm staying. <laughs> i you know, I was like, all right. So I called my mom and I'm like, mom, I'm staying here. I got a job. I start on Monday and my mom thought I was crazy, but <laughs> it was the best decision I ever made. Because it opened many doors for me.
0: So uh, the important part is that you saw an opportunity and you took it.
2: And I took it. Yeah, that's. Great. I wasn't. I mean, I was scared after I took it, but at the moment that I made the decision, I wasn't scared. I was like, all right, yeah. I just I didn't even think about it twice, you know. Um. Then later on, like months later, I was like, okay, how am I going to afford rent in LA? Yeah, right. it was it's ridiculous. Yes, mm-hmm. it's very expensive. But I made it happen. Yeah, you made it happen. You handled it, right? I was there for two years. <laughs> and then you continued working. And, and then I... So I worked for two years at Estrella TV. And um, I ended up getting a job at Beauty Mary Productions. You know, I wanted to explore a little bit they of... They
0: produced the, like the, the, real, the world. real world. The oh, real world. The Kardashians. Really? Oh, nice.
2: But... Um, so yeah, so I started working um at Beauty Productions. Mary Productions. Um, I went on an in- interview over there and... They were gonna put me on the Bad Girls Club, like on you know, to do production assistant work, and the person who interviewed noticed that I had interned at SBS, that that was my first internship. So she's like, "Oh, you're Latina, you know? We're looking for for to grow our our Beauty Mary Latin department." And she sent me over to the line department, they interviewed me, and I walk into the office and I see La Musica, and I'm like, wait, I have this app on my phone, because I
1: already had oh, the app. so you were already following me. I them. was already
2: yeah. using the app to stream La Mega, the radio station from New York City. And, you know, during the interview, I was like, is this La Musica, like, by SBS? And the guy who interviewed me was like, yeah, this is it, whatever, we're looking for, you know, a production assistant. So they hired me as a production assistant. Then the person who was my boss at the time, she happened to Google me and she saw that I had like some YouTube videos as an alter ego character called Two Buns. Really?
1: And, yeah. Oh it God.
2: was like, I did it for fun. Um, I did it with my, with my friend and I. My friend and I did it. It was just like, you know, a hobby. Every Friday we would go out on Hollywood Boulevard and interview locals on like trending topics, things that were going on. At that time, it was like the whole phase of Netflix and chill and Trump. So it was like. Just getting people's opinions, like man-on-the-street interviews. And I started working for them, and they asked me to audition for one of the talent positions here in Miami. And I did it, and I ended up getting the job, and that's, that's awesome. how I moved to Miami. So so basically, you,
0: she approached you because she found some of your content online. Yes. It's not that... You applied for that position. It was just kind of, wow. she did her homework on you. Like, let me find out about her, which is something that we've talked about in previous episodes that, um, recruiters and also employers are
3: looking into people's social, social media. media. So yeah, it's so important Googling to them. be careful what you're posting too. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. in
2: your case, it worked in your favor,
3: right? It did.
2: It did. Um, you know, I always wanted to be like an on air, like a journalist. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do, you know, um, Basically, I am. I'm like an entertainment journalist now, but I never not like not once did I mention that to them because I was going through a lot at the at Estrella TV where I was no longer satisfied, and um, one of the shows went off air, and they let go of like eight editors, and I was one of them. Wow! Which was the best decision yeah. that happened. I wasn't even upset. Like it was. It was like all right. You know what? I wasn't gonna leave if they didn't let me go because I wasn't gonna leave without another job. So it was my my chance to kind of like work harder to towards the next gig. But um, during the interview, I never told them like, oh, you know, I want to be a reporter. I want. To, I never said this. I I just I was willing to explore another side of the media industry, mm-hmm. um, and it led me back to where I originally. Wanted to be in, except that now it's entertainment and not news. So, but
0: initially you just started creating content for the app, but recently you we created the
2: Ana Reclama portion, correct? It's a show that you host. So, yes. And also before that, I was their breaking news host. So, I would do um, voiceovers and write like breaking news stories in the media industry. Like, if let's say Ricky Martin. I don't know, gets divorced. Like my job was to get on the story, so yeah. and do a voiceover and edit a piece for, for digital. Yeah. Then, um, last year, December I believe, when when the Grammys nominations came out, yeah. um I saw that the Grammys put all the Latin categories like in one, like pop, um, Latin pop, regional Mexican, all in one category. So I was like, "What? Like, what is this? This is totally different from each other. Like, they're all different. They don't sound the same. How do you just cram cram them all, all in one category? It's not fair, you know? They're different genres. Yeah. They're different yeah. genres that sound different. Yeah, you know. So how, they can't compete with each other. These are the American Grammys. The gra- American Grammys, yes. Mm-hmm. So um, I just wrote out a little rant. Yeah, And that's where Ana Reclama came out of. So it's kind of a sound off stage for you to kind of just speak up on, voice on any opinion, topics. Anything, voice my opinion, like dating, the Grammys, anything going on in like the entertainment world, Latino lifestyles, millennial lifestyles. Um, also, you know, just anything that goes on in society that I feel like I have something to say about, I... You right. voice it out yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: and That's you write it. produce edit all of this yourself
2: i write it i produce it and i edit it
0: that's right. And if I need
2: to shoot it, I'm not the best shooter, but I can do it. But you did. It. I've
0: seen you in action. Oh, you have. For, she, I saw her at a festival, Made in America yeah. in Philly, and she was one man band, and she was killing it. No, that's that's she self. was running around with her camera. It was raining, but there was Anna, like, getting the content, like, gotta getting gotta get it with done. the artist. Yeah. I think yeah. it's so
3: important to be able to know a little bit about everything, right? And the yeah. fact that you're able to write your own stuff, produce it, edit, host it. That's amazing. Really, congrats to you for that. Thank A lot of women out there are not doing all of that, and I think that they should. No,
2: I agree. You know, I always, um, like a lot of my friends that I went to school with, I tell them, I'm like, brush up on your skills. Like, don't forget what, you know, I learned all of this in college, so don't forget your editing. Don't think you're not going to need it if you want to be an an on-air talent, journalist, reporter, whatever. Mm -hmm. Because nowadays, they hire you, they hire one person for the job of three. Yeah, and. um, also, if you want to start your own content, like, you need to be able to rely on yourself first before relying on other people, you know? Yeah. So.
0: Correct. Have you experienced any particular, like, struggles in this industry as a woman, as, as a Latina woman? And Yes. Of course, right? Um,
2: so, this is actually my first time sharing this. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, this story that I'm going to say... Um, so when I was at Estrella TV, they knew I wanted to be a reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I was never given the chance. And one of the main reasons is the news director at that time who he's fired, he, you know, he would always get flirtatious and basically harass me verbally. And and yo nunca like I never um, paid mine to him. I would give him attitude. I would ignore him. So I think that stopped me from being able to branch off, mm-hmm. you know, um, I never wanted to speak up about it, but a former co-worker of mine did, and he's fired. He's out of the company, and I'm happy they did. I was afraid to do it at the time, but I think that if I had done it, maybe I would have been able you know, to have a chance to go out there and do a story. He would always ask me every week, oh, send me your stand-up. I would go out with one of the camera guys. on my free time to record stand-ups, do voiceovers, to present them to him. And he never gave me a chance. He was always telling me, like, you need to dress more, like, sexier. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I used to tell him, like, that's not me. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to be taken as a joke. Yeah. Another thing that happened to me, too, there, which I shared with you, Mm -hmm. um, I used to work with this guy. I was one of the only female editors um, in the news department. And he would always tell me, like, you have a Caribbean accent, you're dark skin, that's not accepted in the Latino market. You're never gonna get a chance on on camera. Wow. It's horrible. Yeah. Oh, wow. And he was darker than me. Like it's like, <laughs> you're supposed to be empowering me. You're supposed to be telling me like, let's break this barrier. Yeah, yes. it might not be the
1: stereotypical Latina look on television, but that doesn't mean you can't do it, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I think we talked about that in our earlier podcast where we were talking about how these powerful women like Oprah, Winfrey, who, you know, coming from a very, you know, poor, you know, uh, upbringing, she made it up to the top. So I don't think it really has to do with anything about who your color is. It's about who you are, you know? People are going to love you for what you're bringing to the table. It's not about your skin color, how you look. It's more about the talent. And I think that that's really what's important.
2: I agree. I agree. Um, I do agree, but I still feel like the... Anglo market is more accepting yeah. and more diverse than the Latino the market. Latino, yeah. I just feel like um, now, our generation, you know, we're, we're changing it up a little bit. But growing up, I never saw like Una Mulata on Univision or Telemundo, like up until today, like recently. I never saw-
1: yeah. Someone always, representing. Yeah. They were always
2: light and and it, I just think in the Latino community, since we're little, Even though you're like mulata, Mm -hmm. you're given a blonde Barbie doll with blonde hair, super skinny when you can't relate to that Barbie doll. So it makes you look at that Barbie doll and say, wow, she's so beautiful. I want to be like that. I want to look like that. And I'm saying this from personal experience because I know that the one time that I did get a brown baby doll, I was like... Like what?
1: <laughs> You're used to. It, yeah. I was confused. Yeah,
2: you know, because I was used to getting the the blonde one.
0: Right. they have skewed our like our standards in beauty? Yes. Like, yeah. By the the representations we see on television and media, and even
2: like you know skewing our like body confidence. so body, our hair. I have naturally curly hair, and I embrace both. Like I love both equally. But growing up, I never wore my hair curly. I was in the salon getting rollers all the time, flat ironing it. I remember I did one time my flat iron broke and because I wanted my hair straight, I grabbed the real iron. No. <gasps> to no. iron my hair with a towel. <laughs> so it was like that because yeah. I I thought, you know, they would always say, I pelo malo, pelo malo, like and I thought it was just ugly. Like yeah. I thought it was ugly, you know, but that's what they They instill in you. They put
1: in our minds, you know? Yeah. Like you started rejecting your own self and your own culture too sometimes. Some people do that. You know, and I was just telling her that I went to a Latino event last week, this past week, and I live in Austin, Texas, and I believe Texas is just a different kind of realm of how Latinas are kind of brought up. Mm -hmm. But she was talking about her experience and she was saying how growing up, she felt like, you know, she had to reject being herself or speaking Spanish was like kind of like frowned upon. And I couldn't relate to that because I grew up in Chicago where there's like a mass majority of Latinos and Mexicans and we all spoke Spanish and we were proud to be where we were from. And I'm very, like, very connected to my culture. Like, I know about every artist, every, like, little lingo, anything that you ask me, I know about my culture, you know? To see that from a Mexican side, I was just like, wow, that's interesting. Like, somebody had to, like, reject who they are to feel accepted in society. Yeah, to assimilate.
2: I noticed that when I lived in LA. Yeah. When I lived in LA, um, because the Mexican community in in, you know the tri-state area they're super like proud like Mm -hmm. blasting their banda and all this stuff but when I went to LA, I met a lot of Mexicans who didn't speak English, uh, Spanish mm-hmm. and they would say like, oh no, I'm American. I'm like, oh no, but like, you know, from where are your parents from? And they would say like, oh, from Mexico. But then I slowly learned that it's because their parents migrated to you know California and they tried to forget about the Spanish language and kind of like teach English in the home. Right, so. because they
0: felt that that was going to grant them more opportunities. Yep. Mm-hmm. And,
2: um, you know, kind of like
0: dimming uh, dimming them down on the Latino side. It was like, if you're Latino, you're, you're probably going to miss out on something. Yep. So let's try and assimilate as much as possible. Even I think the names that they give them. It was like very American names, um, you know, like something that. Like an Amanda or like Melissa. Melissa. More yeah. <laughs> American-friendly names yeah. rather than Guadalupe or, well, yeah. you know, or A- Maria. A- Maria. Yeah. 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 I-, I wish my mom would have known that because my first name is Maria and I hate it. It's Maria? Maria Gabriela.
2: My middle name is Maria. I'm I, Maria. Ma, really? <laughs> Can
0: we stop the Maria thing? And my sister's name is Maria. It's Maria Lorena. Yeah. Because, you know, Latinos is, call you two names. But nobody calls me Maria Gabriela. It's so crazy. But, yeah, it's part of that culture of, like, parents just, like, feeling scared. Like, oh, my my kid is going to miss out. I want him to, like, win. You know, they come here to, to have everyone, like, survive. And, and that was part of the survival. Is trying to assimilate and kind of, like, hide your, you know, your Latin, your
3: Latin side. I yeah. was like that when I was younger. I was very, like, embarrassed of being Latina. Latina. I really was. And I, I can admit that now because I've realized, like, Do what know, I did. Can you realize, like, what made you? Absolutely. All my friends were American. I did mm, not grow okay. up around any Latinos whatsoever. I did not until probably in my mid twenties I started gaining more Latino friends and that's what made me become proud of who I was and not be embarrassed that I was not born here, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But it, but it's crazy how it how it messes with you when you're little.
0: It does. It does. It does. I mean I never had that issue because I me feel either. like um I was in Miami most of the time and I feel like in Miami being Latino is totally different experience. Because yeah. Latin, yeah. everyone's Latino and you know I don't know. I didn't really... I wasn't your typical Latino girl that was consuming salsa, merengue. I grew up on hip hop. So to me, it was a different experience. I really was more attached to American culture rather than Latino. But I don't think it was because I was trying to suppress it. It was more because that's what I liked. Like, that's what I vibe with, you know? And I grew up on that. And not until I started working in the Latin business is when I started consuming it. And then I was like, oh, I F with that. Okay. (laughs) And then I would sing things. And I'm like, okay, I like this. But... Before that, it was more like American things. I like to watch shows in English. I like speaking in English. It's just, but I like speaking in Spanish, and I think it's also helped me in business because I I'm fluent in it. Um, and it's and it's just an advantage to to be bilingual at this point.
3: Imagine all the stuff we missed out on, you know, when we were younger, because. Latin people bring some pretty good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, so. I it, my experience was different. I grew up being Mexican and I was just proud to be Mexican growing up. I agree. It depends where you grow up, right? Yeah. The environment you're around. And I know for me, like in Chicago, it's like Latino 100%. Like yeah. you speak Spanish, people are, you know, are, are they don't like front upon you. It's like, okay, you're, you're Mexican. Okay, cool. And and it helped open the door for me too because like I ended up getting a job here in Miami and I was able to go to Latin America and work and people would be surprised that I spoke Spanish so well. They'd be like, oh, but you're not born in Mexico? Like, I'm like, no, I'm from Chicago. And they're like, but you never lived in Mexico? I'm like, no, never. (laughs) It's like, you know, and they would be like surprised that I can speak it so well. That's because, you know, I kept true to myself because I was like, my parents instill that in me. It's like, you'd be proud for who you are. You know, we came here. I think most of
0: our parents, I mean, for instance, at home, I speak Spanish. Like, my my mom doesn't know English. My my dad doesn't speak Mm -hmm. English.
2: And... I, I mean, I my first language was Spanish, but um because my, my siblings were born in the Dominican Republic, my parents too, like I was first generation, I am first generation American, so I always had to speak Spanish at home. And it's crazy because I went through a phase where I couldn't stand Latin music. But now, like... Yes, I, I see. You that's all it. I listen to. <laughs> she loves that her is, so Yes. Hey, I what love is it, my A, bachata, merengue ripiao. Merengue ripiao, ripia, Like, with the accordion. <laughs> um, I also love uh, banda music. Like, I, I love the Mexican culture, too. So, I, I don't know. I just love everything about the Latin culture, you know? So, but... Growing up, definitely, like there was a there was a time where all I listened to was like Lil Wayne.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, but I think that's the the cool versatility yeah. of us women that are Latina. We're educated, we're cool, but we you know we like a little ratchet sometimes, into, yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> sometimes you know we can you know do a little like Spanish, balala, you little know, little, yeah. I, I think that's the cool part of us that we can really be in both worlds. We're versatile, and, we, and that's really yeah. the the consumer nowadays. We live in both worlds. Mhm. So it's important that, you know, for marketers to understand that that's how we are, Latinas like everything and we like to be part of everything and we like to share about everything. Tell me we don't always like girl. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> let, let me tell you, me right? Tell you, right? That, that's so true. That is so true. So, and we get excited,
2: like,
0: girl. Let me <laughs> no, and, and speaking of being Latina, I think what's very unique of us too is we were talking about that, Anna, is our families and like um, our moms, our relationship with our yes. parents. Um, it's just totally different from, I think, any other race. Um, there's a lot of expectations, I think, that come from coming from a, a Latino family. Um, there's a lot of morals that are really um infused in our veins that come to us. Like even though we want to be like modernas and everything, we always like
1: we, we're traditional in a yeah. sense, yeah. right? We end up going back to the you know the home base. Yeah. 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 It's, it's crazy
0: how like I'm like, Oh
1: Ma, why you gotta why do you guys keep telling
0: me that? And then in my head I'm like, No, because I shouldn't do this because my <laughs> you know, my mom. And then you realize like it's really in your in your DNA yeah. to have those traditions, like I don't want my child to, like, I'm, trust me, when I have a child, I'm going to be, like, uh, sleeping over where? Like,
2: like The the strict strict
0: parent. Like, my mom didn't, you know, she was pretty open, but she's very strict. I don't know if you guys come from strict families. Yes. Same. I don't know. I didn't even go go to
2: to the corner store. Like, we had a... Um, I don't know how they call if they call them bodegas here. Yeah. Well, we had like a bodega right in front of where I lived and it was my my dad's cousin's bodega. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let me cross the street to go to the bodega by myself. It was I couldn't go to the movie theaters like when I was in high school and up until I got older, like 17, 18, towards the end of high school basically. But my parents were strict. They're, like, taking care of you. Like, yeah. Hay que cuidarla, hay que
1: cuidarla. Yeah. yeah. And my mom would
2: always, like, no, but I had a boyfriend. But it was a mission to get them to accept that I had a boyfriend. So she would always tell me, like, no, because you have to be careful, blah, blah, blah. Like, always lecturing me yeah. about my relationship. So I just think Latino, Latino moms, <laughs> they traumatize us sometimes. What's some of the best advice <laughs> she's giving you? that like um, never you know, never give back up. down, never give up, yeah. yeah, that's
1: a good advice, that's yeah. beautiful, yeah, my that
2: mom always she always told me that, mm-hmm. and you know we um we're Catholic, so she would always say like um that whatever test that I'm putting or whatever um obstacle. I go through in life, it's for a purpose, to learn something and that, you know, God is never gonna give us something we can't handle. So that always keeps me, you know, going. And plus like, you know, the fact that my mother came here by herself, not knowing English and pregnant of me, and made it happen. I know I can make it happen. I'm from here, you know. I can make it happen every, anywhere. Yeah. Exactly. You I think know?
0: we all so. come from very strong women. Mm-hmm. Women that came here with a, a purpose, a, a goal, and, and just on, like, survival mode, you know. Yeah. Maybe, because mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, you know, my mom is such a warrior, you know. We lost my father when I was eight years old, and she had to pick up four kids and figure things out. She was a stay-at-home mm-hmm. wife, and then she had to come and figure things out here in the U.S., and she made it happen. So we all come from amazing, strong women that I feel like we should be really proud that we are changing the story. We, I mean, we're, we're going to be raising even stronger girls, um, girls that know that, you know, anything that comes you know, we have a journey to do and anything that comes, you got to do it with hard work. But we're also empowering ourselves with education, with um, just having the right network and just being on a positive streak. So I think we're just all on on the right path to change the story and to have to raise even more powerful girls.
1: I agree. So what advice do you give girls? Like you know, they look up to you and they're like, oh my gosh, she's like doing it really well. Like, what would you give a 15 year old that's like right now going through it? Like wanting to be in journalism? And Well, I always, um, so I get a couple like people who send me
2: messages on Instagram and ask me like, how should they start? What should they do? Like, you know, I, I always tell people if you really want to get serious about like creating, building a career in the media industry, you have to start now. Um, create a brand for yourself, which I'm still working on creating for myself still to this day. Um, if you want to become a YouTuber, just write ideas, start doing it. Even if the quality is not the best right now, it's going to get better. Because when I look at my old stuff, I'm like, ugh, like, I don't want to look at that. <laughs> I don't want anybody to see it. Yeah. But that's what led me to getting <laughs> these to where I'm at now, you yeah. know? So I just think that, you know, just go for it. Don't be afraid. Um, don't let anyone tell you you can't do it because there's going to be a lot of people that, is, that are going to tell you, are you sure? There's not that a lot of money there. It's very hard. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know. People can be fake. No. If you really want to do it, forget about that. Mm-hmm. People are going to try to discourage you. You know, I It happened to me all the time. To this day, it still happens to me. You know, um, But I've proven myself that I'm capable of of getting through and and I do it for myself. I don't do it to prove anybody else because this is what I like. If I was doing it to prove anybody else, then I'd be miserable because I would just be trying to satisfy society so you have to make what you have to do what makes you happy and forget about what everyone else is trying to tell you to step away from it. Don't think that your image is not good enough that's one um. There's a lot of pressure in society of how we should look, especially in media. And I just think that as long as you stay true to yourself, you're honest, you're a loyal person, you have good work ethic, you can make it.
0: That's beautiful. That it's very so very true. Good, yeah. It's so true. You're. I, I was just telling the girls that I feel like the new wave of girls like you are so mature for your age yeah. and so driven. And, and it's inspiring to us. I mean, we're obviously in, in our 30s. It's a different wave. But... At that age we weren't we weren't that confident and I really admire that in the young women nowadays I feel like you guys are go-getters from a very young age I think it may be like the the culture the entrepreneurial culture that there is now that we can do anything and we have the tools for it, right? We don't need to wait for a corporation to give us the opportunity. We yeah. we create opportunities ourselves, like you said, for creating your own brand, yeah. creating your own content. So that's very admirable that, you know, you guys are really like taking charge of your career. Yeah. I
2: think also like, you know, like um, I think how the world is today, the US, the economy, we're kind of forced to do these things. We're kind of forced to be a little tougher because I remember when I was younger, I'm 26, and 26-year-olds had amazing jobs with like a big salaries, and right out of college, they were making like at least 60, 70k. But back which 20s? What when? Back in the day? That was our generation. <laughs> I'm a, our generation. I'm, 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 I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna give you an example. My brother-in-law. I mean, I remember when he was t- my, around my age, he was making good money. And but wait, what industry is he in? He's in, in science, computer science. Okay. Yeah.
1: That but was. but still there was more jobs. So like in so pre 2008, right? Like before the whole collapse of like the Yeah, pandemic. way before okay. yeah.
2: So I mean I was young. I was yeah. like I was little. But what, what I'm trying to say is that there was more jobs, right? Mm-hmm. So even if you were basically making 30k out of college, by the time you're 35, you'll be you know, yeah, you're which, up there. Which you'll be up there. But for us, like my generation, I have people that still haven't found an opportunity. You know, in right. the industry They're struggling still because the, the lack of opportunity it's limited. Yeah, and it's, it's limited. very saturated. I feel like the industry saturated. has
0: has been a little bit, you know, everyone wants to be in show business, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's saturated, the jobs are not gonna be there, and then the people that stay there stay for a very long time, you know. So the jobs are gonna be limited. And also they employers are gonna pay less. They know that there's so many people willing that want to do it, it for They're like insane. for, yeah. for a crappy a crappy pay. Yeah. yeah. But and, we have to stand up for that, too. I agree. We can't just sell ourselves short.
2: No, you can't. You have to know your worth. Like, you have to go in there and try to negotiate. It's not the easiest. Yeah, because I
0: tell my girls, I'm like, honestly, we are already at the low end by whatever they're offering. So you might as well go higher
2: because you're already <laughs>
0: on the low end anyway. Yeah. Even if yeah.
2: they say no, the fact that you went in there to try to negotiate your pay and, t- and sell yourself to, you know, the employer, like, that's...
1: Give yourself a pat on the back. That's amazing because right? it's not easy, yeah. you know. Highlighting everything that you can mm-hmm. offer and bring to the table and saying this is what I'm worth because I can bring this to the this table. Go and there were bullet t- points. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah going sure. about that.
0: And what's next for you? I mean, do you have any big plans as far as like where you want to take your career?
2: Well, right now, I um I'm in the process of opening up my own YouTube channel. Cuz yeah. I don't have yeah. I do have it, but it's not like active. Mm-hmm. So you know, I figured I'm like, I'm creating content that's YouTube friendly for another person. Might as well do it for myself Absolutely, as well, you know. yeah. So um, I plan to do that. Um, I also want to figure out a way where I can merge the um, Latino and the Anglo music markets together. and You know, in, in one platform where they get equal support. Like I mentioned to you that I feel like uh, the Latino... Media outlets don't really support the Anglo artists as much as they support the Latino ones, but they want them all to continue collaborating and they want all these crossovers to keep happening. But when they happen, you don't ever see them speak about the American artist that was on the track. They'll mention them one or, two, one or two times, that's it. But they don't make a big deal of it. Saint vice versa, you see like, um, the American market, they'll say, Jay Balvin collaborated with Beyonce, but they focus on Beyonce, right. you know, Yeah, they don't focus on Jay Balvin. So I think if we want to continue seeing these collaborations and both markets merge together, why not support them equally? Yeah. So I want to be able to.
0: Yeah. So basically reflect the consumer in the editorial. Yes. yes. Got it.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So-,
0: so then you want to create your own platform for that. I think anyway. it's sad. Maybe
2: it's sad.
0: <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're the, you know, the creator, I think you have the control of your content. So who knows? And nowadays, like, it's really all about content creation. So you never know if somebody else is looking at it that would want to buy your content. And then, you know, there's there's business there and, you know, there's content there. So who knows? You at the end know. of the day, yeah. that's what it's all about. And brands looking to, for content at the end of the day. So Everybody's, like, everybody yeah. wants
2: content, like.
1: Quality, That's too, yeah. Good
2: con- content, of course. Yeah. Because right now, everything's digital. You know, everything's going digital and everyone goes... I mean, I look online for news for everything. What's for your recast- go-to
0: place to go to for news
2: the first place you go. You know it's crazy. Mm-hmm. This is gonna sound really crazy, but I go to Snapchat. For the, <laughs> yeah. I, the channels. I, the channels. It's.
3: I do like that. Oh I my god! It. Like. I love it.
2: They get straight to the point. You're not reading a long. Yeah. yeah. You're not reading a long article. It gets straight to the point. It's highlights, sweet. yeah
3: Highlights. Yeah. Blurb highlights.
2: Mm-hmm. Like I love the Snapchat I never read channels. It. I never read it. And then I have also all the. Um, the new you know, the news app on the iPhone. Yeah. Where you can turn on the notification so yeah. I'll see like, you know, the the like the breaking news. Yeah. yeah. I get it like that, but Snapchat definitely. Yeah. I'm I'm not big on Twitter. I know Twitter's a a good place too, but I usually I I don't know, I go, go to Snapchat. Snapchat.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. What about um, you guys? I, I like Twitter, but only for like big events. So big like events. Super Bowl, the Grammys, things like that. I always tend to go to Twitter. And then if there's nothing big happening, I forget and I don't use it and I go to Facebook for my news or definitely the breaking news or the Snapchat. Snapchat, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm more like Facebook first. um, And then I'll probably just go into like Snapchat as well. I love Snapchat (laughs) too. So I'm just kind of Uh,
0: I really use Facebook more as like a reposting place where I repost things that are cool, cool articles, news things, or I want to share music. Um, But really, I'm Instagram. Um, I've been more um, invested in the Instagram stories. Um, And then I do Snapchat. And Snapchat is more like fun. I love the filters. Um, I love just. I think it's just fun. It's it's fun. I love watching people's like every day. I think you get to know people a little bit more intimately yeah, through Snapchat. Absolutely. So if, I, if I'm feeling kind of like want to share something more intimate, I go there. And I know that there's not a big audience there, so I feel a little bit more comfortable. More comfortable. <laughs> I,
2: yeah, I agree. Like right? on, on my Insta Insta story, I post way more than I post on. I mean, I post way more on my Snapchat versus my Insta story, like personal things. Exactly. Because I think, you know, the audience is different. It's different. It's definitely different. different. And with Facebook, like every time I open Facebook, it's depressing news. So that's why, (laughs) that's why I I pretty much, it's all about Trump and I don't, that's why You don't want to get into that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I do share, I
0: do like it to share stuff for sure. Of course. So can you tell our viewers
2: like where they can catch you and, and see your show? And... Yeah. So um, my show comes out every Friday at 7 p.m. on La Musica app. So you can download the app or you can go on Facebook on La Musica page. And you can check out my personal stuff on Instagram. at My handle is at Anna with two N's. A-Z-C-O-N-A. And my Facebook like page is Anna Ascona, same spelling, and just put add TV to it.
0: Great. Awesome. Thank, thank you so much. Thank and you. before we close off, what are you
2: grateful for? What am I grateful for? I am grateful for, this is going to sound cliche because a lot of people might say this, but my parents. Because, um, you know, being the youngest child, I didn't think they were going to give me as much support. As they've given me. And the reason why I say that being the youngest child is because, you know, they babied me the most. I was the one they always kind of like protected. protected a lot. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they weren't worried about me going off and venturing and just doing what I felt like was best for me and supported me along the way makes me very grateful for them. Because a lot of people don't have that support. It's no, so true. It's know. so important. Yeah. It so, is important. Yeah. It
0: propels you to like even go harder because it's like it's, they're there. You finished. can't let
2: them down. You can't let no. them down. You let it's them giving, giving down. you that, that confidence, that trust. So, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's sometimes um, I may be going through something and I'm like, oh, I tell my sister, I'm not going to tell mom. I don't want to worry her. But then I keep worrying myself. When I tell her, It it's, all goes away. Oof, it's yeah. like... Why did I hold this in? <laughs> this is so true. Yeah. So yeah. it is. So definitely, my parents—they're—they're they're everything. Without That's amazing.
0: Them. I love yeah. it. Well, thank you so much for being no, here. No, thank, thank you, you guys. Wait,
2: before we go, you said you were gonna tell me what made you guys choose the name Girls Gone Boss and start this.
0: Okay, great. That's right.
2: (laughs) I didn't forget.
0: (laughs) Well, honestly, I've always wanted to do a podcast. It's always been my thing. I've done, you know, I've done radio in the past. And, you know, I've always been in media for 15 plus years. So it's kind of like a natural thing. And, you know, I tried blogging before, but I'm just not a writer. I just, it, it wasn't my thing. So I think I'm more of a communicator. I love connecting people. So I just felt like something natural for me. And then just like by how the world works and how energy and just how everything is positioned with time. Alex reached out to me because she was interested in also creating. Mm -hmm. And then just by coincidence, Denise as well. And like Denise and Alex didn't know each other. Yeah. But I connected them because we were all in the same um, just wavelength of let's create. And we wanted to create a podcast that, you know, really elevates the Latina woman and any women. It doesn't matter race, but just because we happen to be Latina, we want to also highlight some of our struggles and also our triumphs. We want it to be something that's empowering, motivating, and a platform for educated women and women that are go-getters and that are professional, that have aspirations that are bigger than they could ever think, Um, just to highlight you guys, because I think they're there isn't that space. There's a story right. to Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's
2: true. Mm-hmm. And every story is different and unique.
0: Every so. story is different, and For it doesn't sure. matter the age, or the ethnicity, or where you are, or where you're from, from Latin America, or wherever. I think we all have the same... Um, the same goals, and that is to win and to win and to do it um, in the most um, authentic way.
2: So, I love thank it. you. You guys have a fan now. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I'll definitely be.
1: Checking well, we're it definitely out. your fan. So. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. thank you guys. Keep no, doing thank what you're you. doing, thank you. and definitely we want to bring you back and hear how things are going. Yes, you know, next I would one. love so, to yeah. whenever you guys want. Yeah, for
2: sure, just call me up. I'll <laughs> drive back up here, and <laughs> we'll make it happen. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And remember to leave us a comment and to follow us on at Girls Gone Boss, as well as continue to listen to us here on iTunes. iTunes. Mm-hmm.
3: And make sure and you leave
0: us five stars. Yeah, yeah. five stars is the plan. <laughs> thank you, everyone. And thank, thank, you. thank you, Anna. Thank you,
1: guys. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted
3: by Alex, Denise, and Gabby. Oh, yeah. I love you guys.